eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Defense, Ty, how nervous were you after that first... uh... First opening stuff with Mr. Wolford, who, let's not forget, knocked the Seahawks out of the 2020 playoffs, along with a, a, a very dominant defense and a, a very injured Jamal Adams. And we'll... thank, thank, thank you for reminding all of us. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I was pretty nervous. Um, I mean, like some of it was just like, okay, maybe McVeigh's opening script here is just, you know, working and once things you know kind of get settled in like seahawks defense will turn it up but then next couple drives happen and they were still moving the ball and they were still running the ball and this offensive line has been really bad for los angeles for the most part um and they haven't been able to run the ball really with any sort of efficiency for the most part uh but they were just basically moving down the field at will for a while and yeah that was really really nerve-wracking and upsetting considering the level of talent you were going up against, you know, without Matt Stafford, without Cooper Cup, without Allen Robinson, without, you know, all these guys uh, that the Rams uh, went into this game without. And for them to, I mean, like, I know that Seahawks defense kind of settled in here uh, towards the middle of the game. Um, but man, yeah, that was, that was a really disappointing and deflating start, especially after the Raiders game and how that went down. Griff, were you worrying about how you'd cope? Um, going into the game, I had no idea what to expect. The first two drives, I was definitely like worrying, like, oh, my God, are they just completely falling apart? Um, you know, the McVeigh factor, especially the McVeigh Seahawks factor, you know, opening script, like, yeah, they were just finding all the weak spots. Um, and Seattle had to, they, the Seahawks had to correct to it. Um, and I think, by and large, they did, with the exception of maybe probably that go-ahead drive that they had toward the end. Um, 
I mean, Wolford is a backup quarterback for a reason. You know, he's a competitor, all that stuff, right? But uh, he's bad, and his his stat line was bad. So, I, I mean, I would rather him have a bad stat line than anything else. We don't need to make any statements about the mm-hmm. state of the Seahawks' pass defense or not. But I think that, by and large, they defended a lot well. So, like, a lot of that play action that was hitting, uh, most of it was hitting in areas where they historically have not hit against Seattle in the past. So, like, what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, like, that crop, the intermediate route, really. That was, for the most part, bottled up, um, which I think is a good sign because that probably means you have good spacing and structure. Like, it's the hardest route to defend in the all the football right now is play action crossing routes really or play action in breakers, right? Whether it's pocket play action or, or bootleg outside of the pocket play action. So I think I really hope when we watch the tape, we'll see like, okay, they're organized and stuff. Um, The stuff going on in the flats though is really frustrating. I don't know if it's a combination of the flat defender or the, or the, um, the edge edge defender being too aggressive or too passive. It can be one or the other sometimes, um, you know, it did look like they, they sent some slot blitzes a little bit against under center, especially when the ball was on the hash coming from the field. Cause that's where you typically boot to the field, um, as opposed to into the boundary. Although you could do both. It's just more common to do the former. Um, they did send one of those. And of course, Wolford just tosses it over Kobe Bryant's arms. And it's like, well, that's kind of what you want. If you're Seattle, you want the look. It's just, is he going to get it off or not? And sure enough, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I mean, yeah, they're severely undermanned. Uh, you can't do too much with it. I just think it's probably better than bad that they did not mm-hmm. absolutely crumble in the passing game. Um, yeah, I've got yeah. thoughts on the run defense, too. But what did you guys, Maddie, or well, Maddie, what did you think about Walford? Yeah, in, interested in the tape. Obviously, like you said, the stat line, 14 uh, of 26 attempts for 178 passing yards two interceptions that ain't anything to write home about uh on the ground the rams let's let's get the average per carry 4.9 yards per attempt nope that's the passing 5.2 and uh 171 yards rushing i mean it's not great but i felt they managed the game and after that shaky start you know the rams went four of 12 on third down that's what seattle wants they kind of they kind of stopped them there and yeah, I mean, Wolford, yeah, there were some worrying moments, right? And uh, yeah. but, but it's encouraging to me, like, you know, they kind of came back. I felt McVeigh started the game exploiting Bruce Irving, who has been given the license to take a shot as a veteran player and take some inside moves. And I think some of that was called stunts, but I think also some of it was Bruce thinking he'd seen something and then getting a reverse coming his way or, you know, the, the run would cut back off that or they'd just run it towards him. But... Felt some of that was poor play from Bruce setting the edge and it just got worked a bit. Felt McVeigh also did a good job of getting the crossing route rather than being matched up on like a Tariq Woolen, matched up on like a Ryan Neal. So that that was big. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Ty, Tariq Woolen today, uh, Pete Carroll described him as a knucklehead. <laughs> but, he, <laughs> um, but, but, but he's, uh, he's finished the game with his sixth interception, which is a record for a Seahawks rookie. So, wow. how about that's a that? Very dad awesome thing to say. Yeah, that's a very dad thing to say. Uh, that's uh, that's great. I mean, you know, he keeps on um, 
I mean, and there's going to be accolades and all that stuff in the future for him, I'm sure. Uh, but he just keeps on piling on, you know, all the fancy numbers that, that writers love. You know, people are going to be voting for things like Defensive Rookie of the Year. Just putting that out there. Um, so, yeah. So that's good. You know, he's he's racking up those numbers and all that stuff. Uh, going to be interested uh, to, to see how it all, you know, looks on uh, on tape. But good for him to, to get a pick here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keep listing yeah. those numbers. Keep on uh, driving up that uh, that run to defensive rookie of the year. Maybe all pro, guys? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> no. Eye emoji? Eye emoji? No. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I doubt, I doubt it. Um, yeah. Yeah, Anthony in the chat point points out, and that's what I meant to raise. You do have to live with this with McVeigh, like his offense in this style with the under center boot and all that stuff. It does move the ball, like because there's constraints off things. You, if you're yep. cheating to one thing, they'll hit the other thing. So you sort of have to right. play it all honest. And yeah, it will get a few yards, but you know, twenty points, no, twenty three points. That's not that's not horrid. I think. It's like Griff said, they're slightly outmanned. Um, Griff, I know you, you want to talk about the run defense. Uh, I wanted to say, oh, yeah, interesting. Woolen said his interception, they called in, the coaches called a good call. That He said they called the zone call in. So that's a bit weird. I don't know if um, mm. the zone cover three rather <clears> than the map. And he said usually they'd match it, as we know. So I don't know if that's like a if Scott just shouts at them to play zone or if like surely they're just just to the split i don't yeah well i would love i don't remember what the formation was but i wonder was he opposite trips was it three by one yeah but then they but then they motioned into a jet wheel right yeah so okay but it might have been it might have been the condensed split and then the running back came out on a wheel so it's like it makes sense that they would have him yeah because they've been having issues even remember last week against the raiders when Carr didn't see the one and technically the person responsible for carrying that wheel would have been Bruce Irvin because they have Woolen carrying it the the post all the way to the free safety. And you were you were telling me like that should have been that could have been a touchdown. And so maybe they're they're having him zone off more, especially against the Rams who are going to run stuff like that. So that's a cool game planned little tool that they had. Um so it was really the receiver runs today right like that was really yeah. getting them brandon powell had 45 yards on three carries tutu atwell had 23 yards on four carries it was kind of a big deal for them yeah. yeah yeah i mean and that's not good you have to be able to um bottle those up and they have done that in the past but they've also gotten gashed by it right so um you know that, that's not good but if compared to especially the second half of the Raiders game last week, in terms of just, you know, most good run defenses sourced from defensive line winning blocks and then linebackers getting reading the play right and getting into the right gap at the right time, et cetera, right? The prevalence of that was there with the Acres runs and then most of the Powell runs, um, even though he's a receiver also, but those are a true normal behind center runs, right? 
um, a lot of them. I guess he's kind of a hybrid. Uh, but what was especially encouraging by, and they weren't dominant, but they were just competent. And what was especially encouraging by that was they played so much of their two, four, five front, like four down, even, not four down technically, but four down spacing, even spaced fronts. And they were holding up even in short yardage, even on a couple of those that they converted, you know, a two yard run on third and two, when you're in a front that is designed to defend the pass. I mean, it's worth wondering why were they in that? Why do they feel they needed to, you know, why not play their, their like what do we want to call it their three three five nickel with the reduced over kind of front where it helps you out a little bit but even so like that's just that's hugely significant you know the fact that they i think that they were holding up that way al woods had a really good game shelby harris had a rough start but then he played really well i think puna played well so interesting griff as well to that point that rather than as in the past when they've figured they're going to be doing a bit more two four five they've had you know Monet go and be inactive like we saw in Munich yeah this time around there they have Alwood and Monet inactive uh, uh sorry active but they have LJ Collier and Miles Adams both inactive which usually one of those would be active usually Miles Adams and they play him at nose tackle in the two four five which he struggled with so it's actually nice that they've just put a bit of mass in the two four five anyway okay you lose a bit of pass rush even though Monet's been working on a bit of a bull rush, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting that they've uh, I think learned from Munich and, and had a roster. Well, not roster. Well, I guess it is kind of active roster. Their players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So injury wise, Josh Jones left the game early with a hamstring injury and did not return. Then they've got a real issue at safety because Ryan Neal, who was already dealing with an el- a badly bruised elbow. Got a knee bursa, according to Pete Carroll. Now mm. he banged his knee and I think hurt his bursa, which is the knee bursi are the fluid filled sacs and synovial pockets that surround and sometimes communicate with the knee joint cavity. So there you go. So that thank doesn't you, sound Dr. too Brown. good. I don't I don't know how thank you're welcome. I don't know how long that is gonna take to deal with, but he is um yeah, he's he's questionable. And so what happened was T's Tabor came in the game. I'd actually forgot he was on the team, but he he did fine. Like he didn't stand out in a bad way. He kind of got he recovered well to like a, a goal, red zone kind of corner shot. Um, I think he was in a co flat. Did fine, and uh, they have a need there. And obviously, they already signed Jonathan Abram. And we might be seeing him as soon as next week against the Panthers because, I mean, a hamstring isn't a joke with Josh Jones. So, I don't know. yeah, yep. <clears throat> well, and this is what we talked about on Wednesday, Maddie. Like, they got a guy that can has at least some starting experience, so you're not throwing some guy in there that's just way too in and over his head. I mean, we'll see how he, you know, kind of adapts into everything that they got going on. But at least you have. You can go into that with some level of confidence. 